Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your hand. Let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, is, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work Ram Zone. I hope you're never the same. Today we've got in studio with me Eric Most with Most Insurance, one of our show sponsors. Find him online at mostins.com. For auto, home, life, small, medium, business insurance, these guys are the best. I refer my customers to them. I've referred myself to them. They do a great job for us. But Eric is also a great friend and also a solid brother in Christ. And today we're not going to talk about insurance. We're really going to just focus on a book written by John Piper and the challenge that it brought into your life. Eric Most, welcome back to I Work For Him. Hey, thanks for having me here, Jim. I really appreciate it. Eric, why don't we just start the show with, we've got a few minutes before our first break, just start the show with how you came to know Christ. How did you become, how did you come to becoming a Christ follower? Sure. So I was uh, raised in a, in a home that would attend a Lutheran church and uh, I was very active in that, but really had no real understanding of the gospel, the good news of uh, Christ and his work uh, for to purchase my salvation and faith in him and him alone. I kind of thought I was a Christian because I was baptized, um, uh, sprinkled with water as a baby, and I had attended classes. And so um, in high school, um, I uh, was uh, brought to a youth group um, of a church in the Seminole Heights area and uh, Wellswood Baptist Church where uh, they faithfully held out the gospel to me and to others. And and there, um, I literally remember it, um, uh, the people were just uh, just a sweet, sweet body, and they just consistently asked me to come. And, and there for the first time, Pastor uh, uh, 
spoke to me, uh, spoke to the congregation uh, of the gospel and, and asked if... Uh, and held it out, and and I really remember uh, vividly that the the Holy Spirit says like knocked me over the ton of bricks, saying you don't know me like this, and you do not know uh, the salvation that's found through Christ and Christ alone, and and, and literally went forward uh, uh, in an old Southern Baptist style church to um, uh, one of the the great. Uh, invitation hymns and just uh, as I am, I, I imagine. I think it probably was, and 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 literally remember God doing amazing work in my life and uh, during my high school years. Oh, that's fantastic! So, how did you get introduced to this idea of don't waste your life? How did you first get introduced to John Piper? Yeah, so um, in college, I went with a group um, to uh, a Passion One Day event that was out in Shelby Farms, Tennessee, and there was about forty thousand other college age students gathering together for a day. It was actually three days, sort of, but one focused day of um, of worship and preaching of God's word. And uh, there was a guy there that I'd never heard before. His name was John Piper, and he was preaching. He preached a sermon that very vividly stays in my mind. It's called Boast Only in the Cross. And uh, it literally boggled my mind when I was listening to him. And the Holy Spirit was doing all kinds of things in and through me. And they had literally uh, trash cans full of tapes back in the day with tapes. Cassette tapes? Cassette tapes, yeah. Uh, So this was in the, uh, I think it was 2000 or 2001, so around then. Um, And I grabbed a tape, and it was uh, this sermon that I've now listened to probably 20 or 30 times. And it was uh, entitled, uh, "Don't um, Doing Missions When Dying is Gain. Uh, you can actually go to DesiringGod.org uh, today. That's the website for um, John Piper and the ministry there. And you can download the sermon for free and listen to it. I actually was just listening in the car the other day with my son, uh, re- trying to re- just remember just the call of not living a wasted life. Wow. And, and so that's what we're really going to talk about. John Piper wrote this book uh, a, a, quite a while ago. Actually, it's not that how long ago. I was, was going to look at it. it. But it's called Don't Waste Your Life. It was produced in uh, 2009, well, was updated in 2009. Don't Waste Your Life by John Piper. That's where we're going to focus our discussion today because really there's a lot of Christ followers that get caught up in the world and they end up wasting their lives and all the potential that God could have done incredible things through them. All right, we're talking today with Eric Most about Don't Waste Your Life. It's a book written by John Piper back in 2009. And really, it is it is all about the perspective on why, as a Christ follower, what are we here for? And, and God has a has a mission for us, and to make sure that we don't waste it, because a lot of people waste their lives just getting so caught up in today's culture, they miss the incredible uh, ministry that God has for us. So, Eric, when you look at this, when you, and you read this book, how many times have you read this book? Two or three times. All right, and you. And, but this is a book that you give away to people all the time. Yes. Why? Why? Because, um, man, I, I know for myself, uh, I really don't want to live a wasted life, and I, I want to do whatever I can to help encourage others, especially um, believers, uh, to not waste their life. And so, um, I think John Piper does a great way of uh, um, encouraging uh, followers of Christ to to leave. Uh, just the trappings of this world and live for the glory of God above all else. And so it's super encouraging, very succinct, and theologically, it's a great book, too. It is. And, and I know that the, it, theologically, Eric is one of those guys, he really should have a doctorate in theology because he's so smart because he, he reads way above what I do. But I've read this book, and it, was not, it, it wasn't an easy read for me because I'm a simpler reader. But what I loved was what he just said about John Piper. It just made sense. And it is so true. As Christ followers, Eric... It is so easy to get caught up in the health and wealth 
kind of world that, hey, if we're a Christ follower, everything's going to be easy and we're going to have all kinds of wealth. When that's not at all what it says, the scriptures are very clear that if you're going to be a follower of mine, you're going to have some really rough spots. Paul says you should count on suffering. And count it, consider it all joy. Right, and consider, consider it all, all joy, joy while you're suffering. Yes. Yeah, uh, and, and so there's this This goes contrary to what the world says, and which it, I think is just hilarious uh, because the world is always so messed up. But So that's why I read the, the scripture from Romans is that, you know, that God intends for our lives to, to, we, for us to stop copying yes. the behavior and customs of this world, but letting God to transform us. And so when I look at this wasted life, I, I agree. One of my biggest passions is to help purposefully equip vibrantly effective, vibrantly effective Christ followers in the workplace. Mm-hmm. And, and when I say vibrant, I mean, you know, when you, when you, when you get so excited about something, you start to shake and you just can't wait for it to get out. That's what mm-hmm. I want people to bring into the workplace. And that's what John Piper's saying in here is, Hey, we need to recognize that the, what this life has to offer that's outside of Christ has no substance, nothing, but I mean, it, but within Christ, everything has substance, and we're investing in our eternity. So when you look at a wasted life versus an unwasted life, describe it for me. What your perspective? Yeah, so I think um, uh, Westminster Confession of Faith uh, nails it with the first question, um, what is the chief and the man? And the answer is the, the chief and the man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. And so I think a non-wasted life is one that is that, that does that, that it's chief end. Everything that I'm doing is for God's glory, and I'm enjoying him. That is an unwasted life. A wasted life is a life that's that's lived focused on yourself, your own, um, uh, you know, benefit the living out the American dream. Uh, all of that. That is the wasted life. And and the world is telling us, no, no, that's good. Uh, uh, do good and work, and retire early, and live a life of ease. Play that, is, golf. that is good. Play golf. Um, Pour money into a boat. Yeah, you know. that that. That is uh, a life focused on yourself and not a focus on the glory of God and the joy of others. And uh, that is a call. You know, so often people will try to live a life that's not wasted thinking, well, I'm just going to try to help to do good to others. I'm going to help social things. Um, But we live a life that that is not uh, just uh, just right now. Uh, we have eternal life. Uh, you spend eternity in either heaven or hell. And so what is it good to just alleviate somebody's physical needs today only or to focus on their eternal needs as well? Well, and, and when you look at it, first of all, who doesn't want a guy like this as your insurance agent? I mean, seriously. I mean, and that's why that's why these guys' responses to my show, because I I know that their faith is solid and they, they, they take the same passion and, and apply it towards helping you get the right coverage on your insurance. But when I look at a wasted life, Eric, because it's so much of what you just said, it wasn't until recently that, that somebody helped me understand it. It might be in an all of the reading that I've done in the last three years, but that when we gave our lives to Christ, our eternity began. Because the one thing we take with us, I always used to joke with people, hey, we don't get to take anything with us, so why do you accumulate so much? But we do. We get to take our established relationship with our Heavenly Father with us because that part is eternal. Our soul is eternal. And so many people get caught up in the accumulation of stuff that they miss the real point in life. But let me just let me just make it clear because neither Eric and I are saying, hey, you need to live in a tent in the middle of the, the Nairobi desert. Okay, Absolutely. I don't know if there's a desert in Nairobi or not. But okay, but let's say the Sahara Desert. 
But the point is that the focus shouldn't be on the stuff. Yes. And, and, and the cool part is that God can use that stuff for his glory and his honor if that's what it's there for. But a lot of times it's not. It's because of prestige or because we're really impressed with ourselves. We want to have this, th- th- these things. But wasted a wasted life to me is, is one that's just focused on the accumulation of stuff that's going to end up in a landfill. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, and, and, and I'm by no means I'm saying, no, you can't have anything like you like you said. Um, uh, I appreciate David Platt, who uh, who is speaking to his congregation. And he says, frankly, to to some of my people, um, I, I encourage you to, to make even more money. Just what are you doing with it? How right. are What's you leveraging plan? it? Yeah. You know, are you using the resources God has given you for his glory or for your own? Are you just accumulating more and more and more for yourself? Or are you leveraging that even for the glory of God and the joy of others? And that's that's my, that's my heart passion. What, what's your plan? And David Platt is the author of Radical. Mm. And what was the second book that came after that? Um, Radical Together. Well, okay, <laughs> but that was the same Radical. Just... Uh, also, um, Discipleship. Uh, he and Francis Chan wrote a book on discipleship, a very, very helpful book to walk Stalwart through. guys in the do. faith today. David Platt, yeah. Francis Chan, uh, uh, John Piper. But but I was also just thinking as you were saying that David Platt, now I lost my thought, but we'll come back to that. The uh, What I love about it is, is that life has such a richness to it when we get the focus off of the stuff and onto the plan that God has with our stuff. And, and really the if you if you're being blessed because there are people I have met people that they have the god given touch no matter what they touch it's going to be blessed and it's going to grow and it's going to generate money God plans he's got plans for that money mm-hmm. you can screw up those plans by spending it all on yourself or mm-hmm. you can say okay Lord what do you want me to do with it mm-hmm. how, how can I impact the kingdom mm-hmm. with those kinds of things you know uh, John Piper said hey it was not always plain to me that pursuing God's glory would be virtually the same as pursuing my joy now I see that millions of people waste their lives because they think these paths are two and not one mm. what, how, how do you react to that yeah so um, uh with that quote, I, I have another one from a, a gentleman named Thabiti Anabuela, and he wrote a book called uh, The Gospel for Muslims. Uh, go take it, read it. It's important for you to know it. Um, but uh, he said, remember, the call to repentance is not a call to uh, drudgery. It is a call to joy. And so when we think about living for God's glory, that, that is the, the center of joy. When we're living for God and we're, and we're, we're living in a manner that, that brings him glory, Man, that is the center. That is the absolute epic of of joy and of uh, and, and 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 so uh, a life focused on yourself. We know this. People try to accumulate more and more and more stuff to satisfy them. You're never going to be satisfied with the accumulation of stuff. No, frankly, because it takes just a little bit more and a little bit more, and it, all it does is actually start to weigh, weigh you down. Oh yeah, then you got more debt or other things as well, just weighing on you. No, no, no. Uh, live for God's glory, right? And that is the non-wasted life, and that truly is when we are living in in union with Him, when we're walking out in obedience to Him, as we're living out the Scriptures, and we're calling others to. To follow Christ, that is where we that's where we get the most joy. Every month I try to bring on my show sponsors to have a great conversation about the Lord, to also bring your attention to their hearts so you can see why they're part of I work for him. And I just would love for you, if you're buying auto and home insurance, I would love for you to call them and let them become your insurance agent because they've got lots of great companies and they can do a fantastic job for you. But you gotta give them a chance. Find them online at mostins.com. That's mostins.com. All right, Eric, it says here in Exodus, 
going back to we're talking today about Don't Waste Your Life with Eric Most. And written it's all uh, prompted by a book written by John Piper back in 2009. Exodus 3, 13 through 14 says, Then Moses said to God, If I come to the people of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, What's his name? What And I, I just, that was emphasis added by Jim Brangenberg. What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent me to you. You know, that's a powerful statement. And, and it messes with my mind. I'm a simple guy. Uh, but when you really think about the fact that God is, he's not was, he not will be, he is. And he has always been is he always is and, and and when you take that into consideration eric a lot of our friends a lot of the people we work alongside they, they lack hope in life they lack meaning in life they're searching for the meaning of life but they try to do it without seeking god as part of that you know those who say that there's no reality until we create it yet there's never been anything created on earth out of nothing except that which God created out of nothing. How, what is the significance of God's statement, I am who I am? How does that impact your life? Yeah, um, great question, uh, and definitely a weighty thing to consider. Um, uh, the fact that God is, as you stated, is an amazing thing. And uh, so often uh, the world wants us to focus not on the reality that there is uh, an amazing creator God who not only uh, created all of the world, uh, but also longs to be in relationship with, uh, with us. And, and, the, and so the world is trying to tell us, no, it's just about you. It's all about your temporal pleasure. It's all about what can you gain today? Uh, how can you spend the, the latter years of your life? You know, seek, uh, be an Epicurean, seek to, to get the most out of food and drink today. That's what the world's trying to say. But yet, uh, but God created the world. And so he is infinite. He is, uh, there, he is complete, uh, 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 he, He's amazing. I mean, I just, I think about him. He's just truly, truly amazing that he created this world. And then not only that, he came and lived and died um, for his enemies. It's truly amazing. So when we think about God as being, I am who I am, and that statement, and how that reflects, and we talk about living a wasted life. If we focus on living for ourselves, uh, a finite being, one that, that does have a beginning and an end, yes, we do have an infinite soul that's going to go on for eternity, either in heaven or hell, but we are still a finite being. You know, we, uh, we do something stupid, we're going to die. Um, you go jump off a building without a parachute, something like that. I mean, this, the likelihood is <laughs> we're not going to live. So we're finite. God is infinite. He is all powerful. And so um, when we live just for our own sake and not for God, who is, man, that's just wasted. Um, and, and I think that's really the, the essence of what we're trying. I mean, those who are genuine thinkers, people who genuinely contemplate their existence, you know, guys like, let's just look at people in the past. C.S. Lewis was one of those guys that said, all right, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to prove that everything the Bible has to say is false. Mm. And, he, and he was one of those super genius kind of guys. And, and he hung out with guys like Einstein. <laughs> I mean, not low-level thinkers here, people. We're, we're not talking, yeah, not low-level thinkers. And, and in his exploration of trying to debunk Christianity, realized 
that it was all true by his research. He, he tried to debunk it all and came to the, the, uh, the conclusion that, wow, God really does exist. He really does love me. And, and he struggled through that because he had lived a life in complete denial. But those who truly seek God, it says in the scriptures that if you seek me, you will find me. And if you're genuine in your in your seeking, I, I know a lot of people who call themselves Christians who have never really sought the Lord. They use the term to, uh, uh, they just use the term because it's a convenient term, but they really haven't sought the Lord in everything that is their life. And, and that's the challenge, because if you really are seeking the Lord, you will find the Lord and you will find that those whose lives have been impacted by Jesus Christ are never the same. They're never the same because once you've met once you've met Jesus Christ, everything about you, and you put your faith in him, everything about you begins to change. And what I have seen, Eric, in, in the scriptures as we talk about not wasting our life, this book by John Piper, is that the life after Christ, a- after I gave my life to Christ, no, it's not focused on all the temporal pleasures, but wow, the wealth in my life because of Christ is so much greater. Mm-hmm. And the complexity is so much less. I mean, because people who have a lot of stuff, whether it's a, a lot of friends or a lot, I mean, it, it, they they focus on the pleasures of this world. They 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 miss the simplicity amongst the complexity. But those who truly seek the Lord, I mean, our generation, really, it's your generation, the people that have been born since you've been born, Eric. Nobody ever knew what the galaxy looked like till the Hubble Space Telescope was launched in by the space shuttle in the early 80s. Yeah. Nobody ever knew. Yeah. They just saw it was a bunch of lights, and they thought it might be pretty cool, but nobody ever knew. We know now. Yeah. It's a billion light years one way and a billion light years the other way. And at the end of the galaxies, as far as they could see, it was spectacular and incredibly complex. Why? For God's glory. So that really goes the on. The heavens next. declare the glory of God. I, I and we've seen it. Oh, without a doubt. And 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 then yes, with Hubble telescope, but then also with uh, radio telescopes, we can hear the stars. They're sending out frequencies declaring the glory of God. If we read in Psalms 147 through 150 or 149, they're talking about the stars are even declaring the glory of God. It, it's truly amazing. We get so myoptic, right? We, we, we look at just uh, what's in front of us, what today is like, and we stop to think about the eternality of, uh, of it all. And, 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 and that's where we start wasting our lives, I think. Well, and what's really cool is that we're just here. We're two simple guys trying to encourage you to just step back for a moment and say, wow, let's look at this life today. What, what am I chasing after? Am I chasing after, you know, the, the, the big turnabout in my life is when I read this book, Halftime, and I realized, wow, I've been pursuing success, which is elusive, which you'll never, ever see. Because if you could reach success, then guys like Bill Gates wouldn't go to work every day. <laughs> because most people would think $74 billion would be successful, okay? Or even guys like Donald Trump, why would he want to become president? Well, because, you know, why? I mean, I, I just don't understand because success, it's elusive. But when you chase significance and pursue significance, all of a sudden you have a whole different look at life. And, and that's what we're really talking about today. Don't waste your life pursuing the emptiness of what this temporal world has to offer, temporal meaning temporary, has to offer. You know, we waste our lives, John Piper says this, we waste our lives when we do not pray and think and dream and plan and work towards magnifying God in all spheres of life. But he created us and called us to make him look like, to... He created us and called us to make him look like what he really is. And, And we really need to pursue the fact that God intends us to bring glory and honor to him with every 
part of our lives, which that's what this show is all about. Most of us have lived a life where our faith didn't impact our workplace. So I don't know, Eric, as you, I know, have been very intentional in the last several years of, in, of incorporating your faith into your workplace. How do you look at, how do you pray to say, okay, God, show me how I can give you glory with selling insurance policies? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I constantly look at um, how to do that and uh, it takes much prayer um, and uh, seeking of scriptures. But um, what, what, I've, what I've become convinced of in these last few years especially is that um, God has get, definitely given me and us a platform to develop relationships with individuals. Um, and, and my hope is to develop meaningful relationships with people where we can speak truth into their life. And so, um, so that's what we look to do. So, yeah, we sell insurance, but I'm constantly looking to build meaningful relationships with my uh, employees uh, or team members, like we like to call them, um, my vendors that we work with and companies that we represent and the customers that we have. My hope is to be able to hold out the gospel to them and be very intentional about it. So in my office, I have 1 Corinthians 1031 on the wall, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. And I'm constantly having meetings in my office. I'm, I'm a member of a, a local BNI business network group, and I do my one-to-ones in my office, and I strategically put people so they're staring at my wall. And because it gives me opportunities to hold out the gospel, I talk about my wife's and my adoption of our son Hudson. I talk about um, how the Bible informs what we think about of adoption, how if we are in Christ, we are adopted co-heirs with Christ into God's family. I talk about that. I leverage these opportunities where we build these meaningful relationships. And so that's, that's how we've kind of been doing it at Most Insurance. That's my hope. Uh, it doesn't mean you're perfect, though, right? Oh, my goodness, no. <laughs> so, Eric, I want to read this quote by John Piper. He said, you may not be sure that you want your life to make a difference. Maybe you don't care very much whether you make a lasting difference for the sake of something great. You just want people to like you. If people would just like being around you, you'd be satisfied. Or if you could just have a good job with a good wife or husband and a couple of good kids and a nice car and some long weekends and even a few good friends, a fun retirement and a quick and easy death, no hell, no hell. If you could just have all that, even without God, you'd be satisfied. But then John Piper goes on to say, that is a tragedy in the making, a wasted Life. So John's actually talking not only to Christians who treat life like that, but to non-Christ followers who never realized that God wanted to be a part of their existence here. Yeah. Um, uh, what a tragedy, though, of, of, of a statement. Uh, you see, we were ultimately created by God for one thing, and that was to glorify God. And we will glorify God um, either by praising him or God will actually be glorified in our judgment. And so uh, a life, uh, we, we should fulfill the, the reason that God created us to glorify him in a way that, that is in accordance with his will. Um, uh, we should praise God with all that we are. And so a life that's just focused on having a, a good wife or a, a good husband and a good, some good kids and couple, a nice a couple car. couple of good kids, a sweet and, car, yeah. And a long weekend. Man, what, what a tragedy. That's not living for the reason that we are created. But those things are nice. They are. But they're not the meaning of life. They're not. And and it's not the, the chief end, right? The best thing. The best thing is to live a life, live for God's glory. And 
and lived in with a hope of holding out the gospel to others. Jesus um, gave us the Great Commission, right? This is the last thing, the marching orders he gave his, his disciples right before he left. The last thing that Jesus told his disciples before leaving earth should probably be one of the first priorities in the Christian life. And he says, go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, right? So what Jesus said, the last thing he told us to do was go make disciples. And we should be living for that reason, to make people get to know who Jesus is, to bring the hope of God's glory, and then to help equip them and point them to Christ and disciple them, doing exactly what the Great Commission said. Well, and that's why I I talk almost every show, it comes up during the show, that our workplace has been given to us as our mission field. And that in that mission field, we're talking to Christ followers here, that in that mission field, our workplace, whether whatever it is, whether you're a used car dealer, whether you're a pastor, a missionary, you dig ditches, you run heavy equipment, you're Sell a insurance. nurse, you're, sell, you're even an insurance agent or an attorney. Holy smokes. It, it, it doesn't matter what you do. You can do it all for God's glory. And in your mission field, in that workplace, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Why? Why do I say that? That you may be the only Jesus they ever may ever meet? Because they're not seeking. People of this world today are not, they don't know, they don't think that they have a very negative uh attitude towards religion because religion has alienated them in some form or fashion. But they don't know Jesus. And Jesus didn't come to establish religion. He came to establish a relationship with each one of us individually. And that's the miraculousness of it. And so people aren't going to church. Jim, uh, I was talking to my uh, dad yesterday, and we have a uh, we had a German foreign exchange student who lived with us in high school, and she's actually in town. And uh, she made the statement about uh, uh, people not using their swimming pools, uh, and she uh, she said it was a Sunday. Nobody's even using like the community pool. She goes, "What do people do on a Sunday? I mean, that's what you're you're supposed to uh, go swimming." Uh, or, or other things, fun things. So your, why I bring that up is your point is that people aren't going to church. They don't think, oh, you know what? Today, maybe I'm just going to go check out that new church I saw. That's not going to happen. We need believers to be standing firm for the glory of God where they work, where they live, right? So in their workplace, sharing Christ with their neighbors, holding out the gospel to them, being intentional with their neighbors, not just being focused on just themselves, but but literally work to, work to get to know that neighbor that you don't even really like that much maybe or that drives you a little nuts with their dog or their this or their that. You know, get to know them with hopes to hold out the gospel. Jackie and I recently had neighbors from down the street come and do dinner with us, uh, one to get to know them. But ultimately, our hope is to build relationships so we can hold out the gospel to them. Um, They're not going to just say, oh, you know, I'm going to go check out that church you go to. It's not going to happen. So we, God has given us the mission to go make disciples. Now, so many think that, well, that's for a certain select group of people. That's for missionaries. That's for my pastor. No, that, that, that is that, that commission was given to all believers. Everybody. That's right. And a key, when we look at the Greek and we get into all that, the, the word well, Eric looks at the Greek because I don't it's know It's not Greek. go. The word really is as you are going, as you're going about your day, as you're going about your life, make disciples. So don't just think, well, I got to go on this mission trip uh, once a year, or once every couple of years, and that's when I'm going to go make disciples. If you're not making disciples today, you shouldn't be going on that mission trip, honestly. Right. And the, as you are going, and I've heard that so many times before, because it is, that's why Paul says to Colossians in 323 to the, the church at Colossae that, hey, 
you know, whatever you do, do your work heartily with passion as if you are working directly for your Lord Jesus Christ, for it is the Lord that you are serving. And and I just think there's a lot of people out there wasting their lives, Eric, who don't recognize the fact that God is glorified in Everything, and, and that's really what John Piper says next. One of the other quotes is, one of the reasons we are not as Christ-centered and cross-centered as we should be is that we have not realized that everything, everything good and everything bad that God turns for good for, good for his redeemed children, that everything was purchased by the death of Christ for us. We simply take... We simply take life and breath and health and friends for granted. We think it is ours by right, but the fact that it is not ours by right. We don't, when you start to shift this paradigm, as we talked about from Romans 12 too, to being Christ-centered and cross-centered. When you think of being Christ-centered, Eric, I think we, we, we communicate that a lot here on the show, but cross-centered, that's something I think that you do really, really well. Talk about what does it mean to be cross-centered? Yeah. So uh, I think uh, remembering the gospel and remembering that our life is to be used and to be spent for the glory of God. Right. And so that is, um, yes, alleviating poverty and um, and and orphans and things like that um, uh, and the, the plights of that. But ultimately, it's to hold out the hope that is found in Christ and Christ alone. And so keeping the cross centered in our minds, keeping the cross centered in what we do and why we do it and how we do it, that. That is the the call to the Christian. Uh, it is a life lived. Jesus said, "If anyone wants to follow after me, let him take up his cross, deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me daily." It we have to carry our cross, right? We have to carry. Uh, we have to remember Christ's work and uh, to live for that and for His glory. You know, this book is so packed full of things, Eric, and I loved what we just said because really, if anything can be summarized, that's that's it. To recognize that Jesus came to die. For every one of us. And he rose from the dead to prove that he had power not only over the entire dominion, but over death itself. And, and that he came to redeem our lives and restore them to the place where God intended them to be. Hey, I want to uh, jump ahead uh, just a little bit to get this in because I think one of the main things Piper says here, too, is, uh, and I'm going to step on some toes here right now, television is one of the greatest life wasters of the modern that's, age. That's where I was going next. Okay, good. And, of course, the Internet is running to catch up, and this was uh, in 2009, so, so I would say social media and everything's right well, there. Well, they already said that the Internet TV has now surpassed any cable television. Yeah. So the main problem with TV is not how much smut is available through it. That is a problem. Uh, just the ads are enough to sow fertile seeds of greed and lust. No matter what program you're watching, the greater problem is uh, the banality. Wait, wait, uh, mind- let's explain what banality is, because I'm not sure I even know. Uh, well, how about uh, the dumbing down of the mind? Stupid. So, okay. All right. uh, a mind fed daily on TV diminishes. Your mind was made to know and love God. Uh, its facility for a great calling is ruined by excessive TV. Um, it is a tragedy today that believers know more about sports statistics than they do about Scripture and, and have it memorized. Well, and, and- and I would tell you that that's where I was guilty. I was so caught up, and I was not a, I was never a football guy. I grew up in Minnesota because he can't be a football fan with the Vikings. But I was a Twins fan, not a statistics guy, but NASCAR. I was in love with NASCAR. Love NASCAR. And and I would every Sunday there was a NASCAR race or Saturday nights, and and so it, it impacted my life. I went to Saturday night races locally. I mean, I was tied up into that whole culture, and I finally realized. I'm wasting valuable time watching cars drive in circles. Left, turn left, turn left, okay, turn turn left, okay, turn left. Now, fun, exciting, and I would love to drive 200 miles an hour someday. Love to do that. I'm hoping they have 
some kind of racetrack in heaven. I don't know, because I think that would just be really cool. I'm sure there's greater things than that. But that I, I, I was so caught up in that. I've never been a big TV watcher, but I love NASCAR. But that's no different than guys that are caught up in baseball or football or basketball or golf. Guys watch play. Other people play golf. Yeah, like watching grass grow is more fun than that. And and, and then they also say, I, oh, I don't have time to read God's word. Yeah, I don't have time to pray with my wife. I don't have time to invest in my neighbors. I don't have time to go to church. I got time to go to Disney and watch golf or TV or whatever. America is spending billions of dollars to make you buy a lie that a life worth living is one that's lived for living vicariously through fantasy sports. Give me a fantasy break. anything. Give me a break. <laughs> Live for the glory of God and the and the and the good of others. The good of others is when we hold out the gospel and they trust Christ. That is what's most important. But the solution is just to shut it off. You know, one of the greatest things we did in our household was get rid of cable. We have Netflix. We want to watch an occasional entertainment thing. We can, but I, I no longer give sports a time. I don't. I don't allocate any time to sports. And what it's done in my relationships with other men is they no longer can talk to me about sports. Or the weather, because weather in Florida is the same every day anyway. And I can just get right to the issue. Hey, you praying with your wife? Hey, how are you doing as a father? I cut right to the, I cut right through all the crap and get right to the truth of the matter is, how's your marriage? Yeah. Because I can't talk to them about sports because, I don't know, they mentioned guys' names like, who's that? I don't care. I'm, you I'm know, Ben Zobris, you know, I, I know who he is, but that's because he was a great Christian guy. Yeah. All right, Eric, you said, let's consider this question in the ending segment here. Consider the following vocations. How does each one give the world shape and order and design that reflects the truth and beauty of God? It's got electrician, third grade teacher, accountant, medical doctor, and your vocation, insurance agent. Mine is a business consultant. It's just a good electrician. Sure. Um, so sorry. Um, so often we want to say, like, okay, as a believer, I'm just going to work with excellence, and that is a good thing to do. So as an electrician, to to work with excellence, do a good job. When, make sure how people's houses don't burn down. Yeah. Make sure the house doesn't burn down. Make sure that you show up um, on time. You don't just give a 10 hour window, and you know, really look to serve people. Don't take advantage of them. Do what you can to help. All great things. But I want to encourage us all, and and what I try to do too is yes, do things with excellence, but let's live intentionally with the hopes of being able to, to hold out the gospel, the good news of Christ. Right. Be prepared when somebody says, hey, thank you so much for doing a great job, but let me just tell you why I do a great job. Let me talk about the work that Christ has done in my life. Let me just tell you about the incredible, my life before Jesus, after Jesus. Yeah. And be prepared when people say, hey, how are you doing today? Man, I'm doing, praise God, I'm doing awesome. And use that as an opportunity. Uh, I say often, far better than I deserve. And, and that opens up doors of opportunity to be able to hold out the gospel. And if when they ask, when you ask them, how are you doing today? Ask and say, and they just say, fine. Or say, really? Freaked out, insecure, neurotic, emotional? Really? Yeah. And then lead it into a conversation. Hey, can I pray with you? That's, a, that's a fantastic one. All right, let's right we've, come to, we, we've come to the end of another I Work For Him show. Eric, thank you so much. It was great. My pleasure. Thanks to those of you listening today. I really hope that this challenged you not to waste your life. Thanks so much to Ace Andrews for his support today, for handling the controls. He did a great job. Thanks to our show sponsors, Most Insurance. With Find, mine, find them online at mostins.com and Bel Air Wealth Management. Find them online at belairwealthmanagement.com. Hey, check out our website, iworkforhim.com, and click on the I Work For Him Nation flag. Consider joining, along with all of us, to start praying for our coworkers and employees each and every day. Hey, today's conversation was about don't waste your life. How can we take the city for Jesus Christ by not wasting our lives? You know, we learned today that our faith can impact our workplace by really 
focusing on the fact that everything we do can be done for the glory of our Heavenly Father, that Jesus didn't die just for, he died for the entire of creation to restore and redeem it all. He died for you. He died for me. He died for our coworkers and employees. And there is a purpose in life. There is a meaning to life, and it is found in Christ. Don't waste your life. Focus on the things that he's asked you to focus on. Focus on the souls of the people that you work with. Be intentional. Live with, as Eric says, live with gospel intentionality. Not only doing excellence in everything that you do, but sharing with people, looking for ways to share with people what Jesus Christ has done in your life and the impact it's made and challenging them to look into Jesus and to seek him. You know, there's a battle going on for the souls of our co-workers and employees, and we need to work alongside and fight alongside with our Heavenly Father for those souls. Be ready to share your faith today. You've been listening to the I Work For Him show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower, and I own my own business, but ultimately, I work for him. 